What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. F***ing geek. F***ing geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. All right, another edition of Hardwood Handicappers. We are getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Jacob Roach alongside. What's your official title? You're just producer, right? Just producer? Well, like I meant like as in <laughs> yeah. like are you – look, I'm out of touch. I work from home essentially. So is it like executive producer? Is it junior producer, senior producer? You do a lot. So I figure producer, there's something. Right in the middle. Just Nothing, producer. Huh? Yeah. Still is, no promotion. No promo here. <laughs> that sucks for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Jacob Roach is alongside. Uh, he was part, for those who know, part of the Harvard Handicappers initially, was supposed to be on regularly. We changed things up. But by the way, if you're listening and you notice a difference in sound quality, we are recording from the Circa Studios. Yeah, like the actual studio, not sitting in Bar Canada, which I love. Not my room by myself at my desk. No, an actual studio. So there's a lot to get to in this episode. Again, about six games-ish left, depending on the team that you're looking at in the regular season. Postseason around the quarter, absolutely nothing settled. Wanted to start with a couple of hits before we get to what Jacob's got for us. 
First off, our hardwood headlines as usual. An interesting version of hardwood headlines. Nothing necessarily in terms of teams and rosters. But I'm going to read this from ESPN. David Purdom. Headline. Long shot Atlanta Hawks garnering big bets to win NBA title. DraftKings reported that a veteran Colorado on Tuesday placed a $20,000 bet on the Atlanta Hawks to win the NBA title at 101. Purdom goes on to note that according to DraftKings, the same better placed another $20,000 bet on Atlanta to win the Eastern Conference at 40 to 1. And then he says, of course, if the Hawks shocked the NBA by winning the title, two bets would pay a net $2.8 million. There is more. Here in Vegas, Westgate Superbook reported taking $5,000 on the Hawks on Wednesday at 80 to 1 odds. So we have this slew of Hawks wagers. Always a reminder that big bets do not necessarily equate sharp bets. So we'll see in terms of the respect. I have to reach out to Jeff Sherman. I'm going to text Jeff Sherman right now. Hopefully we get an answer by the end of the pod. I think that the Hawks are clearly the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. I think that there is a path for the Hawks to, this might sound disrespectful, but I think it's actually a compliment, to lose in the Eastern Conference semis in six games to a team like Brooklyn. Right? I think it would be a pain in the ass to Brooklyn. I don't know about winning the title, but I can understand the respect that the Hawks are getting. I don't know if I would wager this much, obviously, if I had the bankroll. I can understand if you like the Hawks, though, to a certain extent. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I can't argue against that. With They have a lot of firepower. They have a lot of guys who can score and create a basket for themselves, and I guess that's kind of the important thing down the stretch in the playoff series. With these bets, like, would you, if you were, if you had this bankroll, would you do this kind of betting in order to set up, like, hedging down the line in the playoffs? Like, is this something you would do, or is this a little too far of a number to hedge off of? I mean, I just, yeah, I just, you need that to... Hedging is a very personal thing, right? Depends on your bankroll, how much you have on it, all that kind of stuff. But I also, I don't like the approach of betting to then hedge. Okay. That just doesn't mm-hmm. really make sense, right? Like if I am betting a future, I have multiple futures, right? Yeah. In terms of winning the whole thing. I bet those futures because I thought at the time there was value in that number and that there was a path for that ticket to cash at some point, right? You know, like uh, I have a, this ticket's awful, but like... Was it January, late December? I bet the Pacers thirty-two to one to win the Eastern Conference. Okay, I thought there was a path at that point. Yeah, for the Eastern Conference, they were in the fourth. Right. They were great, yeah. and so that is something where I thought it was going to happen, but I never approached something where, hey, I'm going to bet this because I think I, I'm going to look forward to hedging this at some point. I don't think that's a very smart strategy. You hedged off of your heat ticket in the finals, right? A different scenario because you're in the finals. How did you hedge off of it, though? Because didn't you do something a little different than like just a regular play against them every game? You t- uh, you're talking about the, the heat ticket? Yeah. Uh, well, so I had them at 80-1. to No, and then I hedged it normally. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals, took a little bit of the Boston Celtics to win in that series. Okay. And, but then, and here's where the other thing comes in, I bought a big chunk off of it with the Lakers because I thought the Lakers were going to win that series. So when they got to the NBA Finals, you know, I it, like if the Heat were to win that, I wasn't going to make that much because yeah. I had hedged so. And, and the Lakers were pretty solid favorites at that point too. So hedging off of that ticket was bi- like biting a big chunk out of it. Mm-hmm. But the way I had handicapped the series, I just didn't think that they were going to win that series. So I, I guess I hedged it in a certain way, but bought off a little bit in the Boston series. They move on, then I bought like the majority of it off of it with the Lakers okay. series. And did you you hedged off already once the finals was set, or did you do it like while like Eastern? Like did you get down on the Lakers during the conference finals? No, so okay. I, I, I no, it was once the series. It was the series okay. price okay. in the finals, and it was well because and here we're sitting in Circa as a point for nobody who can see. Circa had the cheapest price, and I was waiting for it. They were minus two. The I think I got them at two thirty, 
Okay. 230 yeah. to 235. And it was by far the market yeah. low, like in terms of winning that thing. So that's why I, I came in and, and bet it here. By the way, I might have an answer. I just have to get a clarification on whether or not I can talk about this. But Jeff Sherman getting right back to me here on this. I'm happy he got back to you on the podcast. It would have been really embarrassing for you and your profile. Me and Jeff go back. We're, <laughs> I, know, we're I know, I know, but you set it up like hopefully he gets back to me before the podcast. But he's a busy man. I, just, I wouldn't want that for you. He's a new, well, I guess not a new father. His child is getting up there like one-ish. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm not going to delve into Jeff Sherman's personal life. Uh, but, yes, the Hawks, long shot attentions. The Westgate Superbook, we're getting an identity on, not even an identity, uh, with a level of respect on the player uh, that made that wager. But for the most part... I like this Hawks team. Like, I think 4-5 matchup right now. I keep pointing this out. The Knicks beat them in that game two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were down by eight. Trey Young goes down with that injury. The Hawks were very comfortably in control. Like, eight doesn't sound like that much in an NBA game. If you were watching it, yeah. the Knicks weren't getting really back within that eight. It was just, hey, let's cut it to six. Oh, give up a three. We'll score another two. Like, it was a comfortable lead there for Atlanta. And I think from a matchup perspective, where you look at Atlanta slowly starting to get healthy, we're just waiting for the two the two wings now at this point. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, at some point they're going to come back. And when they do, like that, this is the team that I was, I guess, kind of mostly wrong, the most wrong about. I think the Suns are up there too. I didn't think the Suns are going to be the one seed. But I bet under on the Atlanta Hawks. Didn't think they were going to be this good. This has been a team that has come together really well. Hell, I thought that firing Lord P- uh, Lloyd Pierce was probably the wrong move. And Nate McMillan's been bleeping awesome. I, as a guy who went to a lot of Pacers games during the Nate McMillan era, I was very, I, I was in the same boat. I never thought Nate McMillan was much of a coach. I, I do remember, though, going in, because we were doing the edge when the win totals got set. And this was like one of the win totals you and I really disagreed on. Because I didn't think they were going to be this good. But I just realized, like, kind of everyone's kind of coaching and playing for their jobs this mm-hmm. year. So I really thought they were going to go over. It was 36 and a half was the opener. Yep. And I, I just, I didn't think it was going to go. I mean, it's over by a game right now, but I, I didn't think they were going to actually be this dangerous. I just thought they would go over that win total. I like, I did some win total predictions for the season and I didn't feel good about them and they're looking decent. Although I have a couple egregious ones really quickly before we get to them. Uh, so from Jeff Sherman on that future. So again, one last time to reset it, $5,000 future on the uh, Atlanta Hawks over at the Westgate Superbook, 5,000 bucks at 80 to one odds from Jeff Sherman. Just texting him right now. Um, asked him if it was from a respected better, said no, new players, assuming the same ones playing Hawks everywhere. Said he saw draft, not only just DraftKings, but MGM and Circa also took bets. So we'll have to ask, you'll have to ask Paul on the nuts today. Yeah. Uh, we're recording on Thursday. Ask him if that's out there. But all right, so it's not, it's a new player. And again, that's what we always talk about, right? Big money does not necessarily equate sharp money. So a little bit of a background on some of the Hawks bets that are out there in the ether. All right, so what are you saying about win totals? Hawks, you said you liked them over yeah, at the I, beginning I, of the season. That was one of mine. I actually, for the most part, I don't want to say cleaned up on the win totals, made four preseason win total bets. I am 3-1 and one on those. Hawks being the lone loser. Pelicans went under finally for me the other day. So what were some of the – give me some of the ones. Give me the bad ones. Give no, me the, bad mean, the ones. one I was really confident in, and it, it's looking like it's going to be tough to get home, is the Mavericks over 42.5. That was – I remember I – I have such strong feelings on the Mavericks. I, I can't wait to get to that. I just, like, I, I thought Luca was my second, like, MVP pick coming into the season. Mm-hmm. And not, not that he's had a bad season. I just think we overhyped Luca. It's only, I think we just kind of projected him a little ahead of who, where he is in his career. Well, and that's, so that was my, my strong feelings for Dallas. It's not even, like, that strong. I, I said this at the beginning of the year. You're running it back with a seventh seed. Yeah. 
So what was the realistic expectation for this mm -hmm. team, right? Like, Luka's a really good player, but when you're running it back with a seventh seed whose big acquisition was Josh Richardson, right? <laughs> you're asking Luka Doncic, like, to take, not like a step forward, but like, you're asking him to become LeBron James, yeah. right? Especially in the Western Conference, for people who thought they were going to be competing for a top overall seed, for people who thought they were realistically going to win a title, like the step forward that Doncic had to take when you're essentially running back the entire core of a seventh seed, I just I didn't really understand that leap in logic. And sure enough, where they are right now, they ran it back with a seventh seed. They could finish seventh yeah, yet again in the Western realistic. Conference. Like in that, it just that's just never really made sense to me in terms of the respect for them because that was just such a massive leap that Luka Doncic had to make. I think it's like a. I think Giannis might have like swayed our opinion that he would make that jump because Giannis made that jump to an MVP with, and the Bucks like they jumped up in the positioning in the East with relatively the same team as the year before, but also Middleton made a jump, Bledsoe made like everyone around him also right. made jumps. Where Przingis has been just a question mark all season. I don't even know how his career is going to play out. Like that's one thing I'm very interested. Like is Przingis in the NBA in four years? He might not be. The injury stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think Giannis kind of jaded how we were going to assume that Luka was going to perform this year. Because we're like, okay, you had your playoffs in. Because the Bucks had the playoff series against the Celtics when they went to seven. And then the next Remember year, it finally. Yeah. The baby Boston, uh, the baby Beantowners. It, so good, dude. Middleton hit that crazy shot to tie the game or yep. go over. Yeah. So well, in, that year, and that, that's a fond memory, too, because humans and I was our year. Humans and I were, were riding Boston every single series when we were on a show together. And we were to, we were to talk about it because... They ended that year. That's when Kyrie gets yep. hurt. And they actually ended the year, like, I think we were like 15 and 6 or they something like that. Like, 21 yeah. games. But, like, they're getting no respect. And you're like, this is like a really damn good. They had like a crazy regular season game against Utah near the end of the regular so season. Deep. Right. And they were so good. And then there's that series against Milwaukee. Bet mm -hmm. on them there. Bet on them in the 76er series yep. where they win in five. And it was hilarious. One of my more vivid, this is the best part about you talk about respect, like market respect. The 76ers, because that was a year they won 16 straight going into yeah. the postseason. And they beat the Heat in five. And then they get the uh, Boston Celtics. And I remember sitting here, uh, not here, but at the desk at the South Point, talking with our former colleague, Sam Paniadovich. And he asked me the question. He goes, so what are we thinking? Like 76ers in five. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I, I think it's more like if it's like going to be like a seven game series, potentially. Like this is a really good team in Boston. People's, and they push. This is one of the ones that we're upset about. Because we also had, we bet them in, like I said, every single series, yeah. including the Cavs Eastern Conference final series, like oh, well over two to one to win that thing. And then it goes down to game seven. And was it Terry Rozier who had like a one of 12 shooting day that day or something ridiculous? Yeah, it, Rozier just did uh, not show up. But that, that was a fun Celtics team. That was great. That was the, and then on the other side of the bracket, that was the Rockets Warriors game seven where yep. they didn't show up shooting either. It was just death by shootings for both game sevens in the conference finals. Uh, but I think. Like then the next year Giannis comes out, he's MVP. So I think we just assumed like, hey, Lucas, they were a scrappy seven seed. Luca's gonna take this big jump and he's gonna have MVP year. Yep. Which I mean, some people in media, like they're they're putting Luca on their MVP valids, which sure, I guess you can maybe say he's probably four or five because of injuries this year, but I've still kind of been let down by his season and the Mavericks season. Yeah. So all right, so Mavericks. Give me what, what else? What else in terms of your your dead wrong win total predictions? So I I was really passionate about this one. It could still go under. I don't think it's going to be, but I thought it was going to soar under. I thought the Bulls would be really bad. Like okay, and right He's now still there. They need thirty wins, and yeah. they're they're four away with what are we talking about now? Like six left to play for them. Yeah, 
So I thought they were going to be awful. I thought yeah. they were going to be like down there with the Pistons. I thought the Cavs were going to be better. And it's not that they've been bad recently. They just had bad luck since the Vooch trade. But th- those were the two that I was like probably the most confident about and uh, did not. Well, the Charlotte over, I think, was the easiest win total like ever posted. But Charlotte Hornets, baby. But those were the two I was really confident about that did not pan out too well. Uh, by the way, in addition from one Jeff Sherman, not only the $5,000 at 80 to 1, uh, last week they took at the Westgate 2500 at 200 to 1. Wow. On the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I, look, like I said, I think at that point, too, when you're talking about last week, the Nets were the number one overall seed. That's a really interesting series for Atlanta. Yeah. Remember, they beat them twice very mm-hmm. early in the year. James Harden is the difference maker if he is going to be on the floor. Here's the thing. I don't even know if Harden's going to be on the floor. Yeah. Because that's like the crazy thing about where the Nets are at in danger of being the Clippers from next year. But that is a story for another time. All right. Really quickly. Any other win total things that you got for us? Those are my two really bad ones. Okay. What was the best one? We'll give you a moment of glory. What uh, was the one you, you just hit out of the park? Well, Rockets under. I just going in the season. Yeah. I just didn't think Harden was going to be there. It's a very good point. Yeah. Newman's was on that one too. I, we, it's one of those where I was watching as the season was playing. I was like, why didn't I think of that? Like, why didn't I just realize that like, yeah, Harden's probably not going to be here. I even think I have to go back and look at the NBA. I liked it at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We did it last year and I did it. I'm going to do it at some point this year, going back on the NBA guide and seeing what I was thinking about certain stuff, um, certain stuff, but yeah, that one seemed like, as it was happening, kind of obvious. Now, what was it, 22 consecutive games they lost? What was the losing streak? It was 20. It 20, broke yeah, 20, 20. Yeah, Like, that obviously it very much helps, but that was one of those as it was going down. It's like, yeah, that probably was going to happen for the most part. Speaking of which, and this is just an update, as we have always talked about, I have to go back, like, Doug Kazarian of ESPN has the database. I got to find if there's ever a worse win total beat than what this Oklahoma City Thunder thing is shaping up to be. They had to go, I wrote. The, I think I wrote this down. Let me see. I wrote this down during the show. I'm going to have to find this. At one point this year, all they had to finish, the Oklahoma City Thunder, to go over their win total was 3-20. and 20. Yeah, 3-20. and 20. <laughs> No, 3-22. and 22, Excuse me. They go 3-22 and 22 to go over their win total. That's all they had to do. They had just beaten the Raptors on the final game of mm-hmm. the, month of Mar- the month of March. And all they had to do, just 3-22 and 22 the rest of the season. And right now they are... 21 and 45. <laughs> That's brutal, dude. All right. Poku. Poku, uh, Alexi Pokushevsky, the, uh, the name that you have to know if you watch the NBA, right? You have to mention that you know who Alexi Pokushevsky is. Yeah, that's like, that's your, come on in. That's your, that's your password. It's such, it's so annoying. I hate, actually, I hate enjoying the NBA. I actually hate that I know who that is. Yeah, like, oh, you don't know who Alexi Pokushevsky is? <laughs> yeah, I know how to say his name, too. Right. Gafford right now is one of those right now. Oh, you don't I know s- how hot Gafford is? I saw I saw one who was like, was it the, uh, who's the, the WAB, Worldwide WAB? Mm-hmm. Not a fan, really. But he tweeted out like. He's a listener, so just. Uh, right. <laughs> he tweeted out yesterday. Hey, look, one thing. Uh, share my opinions, all right? Uh, as humans call me, baby Francesa. I'll never, I'll never <laughs> hold back. Um, but he tweeted out something like, all the tickets on the, on the Gafford train are sold out. If you want, you can get on the way. Like, stop. Like, people can enjoy Daniel Gafford. You can enjoy Alexei Pokushevsky. Okay? I should have tweeted that out. Like, anybody who didn't think the Hornets were going to be good this year, <laughs> you can test my D. Get on out. No one's allowed on the all-fly train. Like, it's so stupid. Like, stop gatekeeping <laughs> and all this stupid garbage. Speaking of gatekeeping, I was the first one to tell you that the Minnesota Timberwolves would be kind of good down the stretch. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT, 
at Roach underscore 97 and at VSIN Live. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Timberwolves have actually been on a really yeah. good run. And this is something, you know, I talked about it on Follow the Money. For those who haven't caught Follow the Money at all with humans and I, I think this is worth reiterating to anybody because we have now about, I think, six games left for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are 20 and 46. So what is that? Yeah, six games exactly. They are going, they, they have been, and they're going to be a bet on team from here on out, right? They have been extremely vocal about the fact that they want to work on everything that they have. New coaching staff that was mm-hmm. added, right, in February. D'Angelo Russell hasn't been healthy. He finally gets back on the floor 16 games ago with consistency. You know, he's been on the floor throughout the year, but he's finally on the floor together with Carl Anthony Towns and has led to a really solid run here. Last 16 games since Russell's return, 8-8 eight and eight straight up. Again, this is on Thursday, so keep that in mind if you're listening to this any later. But 8-8 eight and eight straight up, 9-5-2 and two against the spread, 10-6 and six to the over, 13th best offensive rating in the league. Now, they're still outscored by 2.8 points every 100 possessions, right? That's over that stretch. Mm-hmm. So still a below average team, but this is what I was talking about with humans on follow the money where it's, I'm not betting like this team's going to win the title, Yeah, but this is still a team that is being a little undervalued by the market being power rated at times like they're Sacramento Kings ish, Houston Rockets ish, Orlando magic ish in terms of their power rating. When in reality, they're more like Chicago bulls ish area, right? Indiana Pacers ish area in terms of the quality of team. So why you're catching five against the Warriors, right? On draft mm-hmm. night, you win that game outright. Why you're catching four and a half against the Grizzlies, you get in by a half point. Four against New Orleans, and it takes overtime for that to even push. They didn't even lose that game. Two outright wins over the Jazz. So I like the Timberwolves going forward. They're going to be on my card until the market makes an adjustment. The last six games, I'm going to be pro Timberwolves almost every single game. And I got to say, 
Health is a big part of it, but I have them circled as a potential overplay on win totals for next season. Yeah, depending on the adjustment. Right. If, if, depending if it's on there, what's yeah. going to happen, because I think this team is going to be, like again, not a great team, but if we're talking about a win total of like under 30 for sure, I'm in. Yeah, once they get all their guys, like if you have a full season of Russell and then Malik Beasley's fully healthy right. and then Edwards' progression, and if they keep their pick, depending on how things fall, you could be looking at a really like explosive young team. Which they're not helping their, you know, they're not helping no, their, they're ch- not helping their chances. chances right now by beating the Golden State Warriors and, of course, winning <laughs> games. But did Golden State try to lose that game? Yeah. I mean, I don't think so. Steph yeah, has been I, kind I, of vocal so about either. wanting to make it to the postseason, although Draymond has been vocal about not, I guess, caring. <laughs> Uh, but it's pretty clear that like Steph and the Warriors want to at least make the play in and try to compete and make it back to the, the tournament. So I'm going to throw their last six games at you, the Timberwolves, and just let me know where you think their number would be, okay? At, they're on the road against Miami. Yep. I'm going to go seven and a half. All right, so you play that? Yes. And then at Magic. That, that's that's interesting. a tough one, right? So they took on the Rockets a couple of days ago. If I remember correctly, it was a road game. Yep. And they were two and a half point favorites. Okay. So that's that's going to be a really good indicator, that magic game, of if the market's made yeah. an adjustment on them. Because if they're still two and a half, three, mm-hmm. the market hasn't adjusted at all. Okay. Like they should be in that game, I'd expect like a four and a half on that game. And Timberwolves then, favored by four and a half. Then in Detroit. Two days Again, later. same kind same, of a situation where that should be. And those are two games where I might not ride the car, you know yeah. the train because I'd like them in better situations like the Miami game. They have really good opponents in the last three games, do they not? Denver, Boston, Dallas. Den- Denver, Boston, yeah. and Dallas where they should be underdogs in each one of those mm-hmm. games. Boston, yeah, they should be an underdog against Boston. Boston's power rated pretty high. And that's a good indicator too, right? The other day, Boston's favored by like what, 11 against Orlando? Something yeah. ridiculous, 12? Like that's going to be a good indicator of if the market has adjusted too. So those two, that Detroit Orlando game, that Boston game, hell the Miami game, you're going to get good indicators where the market's at with this with this team. But they're going to be a play on team, man. It's already paid. It's already paid off over these last 16 games, and I'm going to be totally in as you kind of move forward with that too. This year, have you seen? I know like you were big on the Blazers at the beginning of the year and the market not adjusting to them. Have you seen a lack of market adjustments this year more than last year, do you think, because of the weird schedule and the way teams have been, like, streaky and not streaky? Not really. Like, okay. every every year is like, got teams that the market refuses to catch up on, right? Whether it's, like, the Knicks, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they got destroyed by Denver last night. But when you don't cover 14 out of 15 games, I say this all the time, cover streaks are not betting this team. Mm-hmm. Cover streaks are indicators that the market has not power rated that team correctly. And so it gives you an indication of, this team is being disrespected. The market power rating is pretty low on this team. Then you use that as part of the equation. The Knicks were that team for a while. The Hornets were that team for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of like you trying to think of other teams that have kind of been like that. Oh, the Pelicans from the other side of things were that team for a while. The Pelicans were power rated so freaking high, and they're a team that at one point was covering like 46 percent of their games. Like that's absolutely brutal, yeah. right? You know. So there, I, I didn't think of anything really different. That's uh, that Celtics team that we were talking about mm. that, that, a couple of years ago. That's that team. That was one of the more incredible ones where the market just, like I said, they went like 15 and six in the last 21 games of the regular season. And the market just refused to budge on their power rating. And sure enough, you know, they do what they did. So I didn't, I, nothing stuck out in terms of like, like, good God, what's happening here. The Nets at the beginning of the year, remember mm-hmm. they went yeah. on that run with Harden where they went 12 and one over 13 games. They covered 12 of those games. I think I was on them for 10. 
Like they, the, the market just didn't want to respect that team either. So it doesn't, it wasn't really anything different than what you see. So is there a correlation there between like in, just injuries in the sports book? Because like that Celtics Kyrie goes down and they refuse to adjust. And then like Ky, Kyrie and Katie are in and out of the lineup. So they don't adjust and they just stick with the numbers based on hard. For, some, for some of them. Okay. But like, like I mentioned the Pelicans team, right? There's no injuries there. Pelicans no, are yeah. just an overvalued team. Just because right? of the Zion. Knicks, right? There's no injury with the Knicks. The Knicks yeah. are just an undervalued team. So every case is unique for the most part. So, speaking of the Minnesota Timberwolves, no, excuse me, not the Minnesota Timberwolves, the other bad team. You sent this over in a text, and I cannot wait to hear this. The New Orleans Pelicans. Wins in three out of four games. Mm -hmm. The competition has been not great. The three wins are Golden State. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Hold on, I got this in front of me. The three wins for the Pelicans that we're talking about here. Golden State, Minnesota, and Oklahoma City. Top tier teams. So what's your thing here? Oh, I'm just looking at the stands in the West, and they're just they're making a possible push to the plan. They're a, two behind the Spurs in the last gone. They're 11. Spurs are 31, 34. Pelicans are 30 and 36. I think it's one and a half now, right? Oh, well, two in the last column, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just I'm looking at these, and I think that's like probably the most interesting race right now is that 10 spot mm-hmm. in the West, and that's the underrated thing about the plan. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it keeps 10, two extra teams engaged. Kind of keeps four extra teams engaged. The Kings, I don't think there's a lot of hope for them. Although They've won four straight. Yeah, they're, they're a little hot right now. But I just, I could see the Pelicans squeezing in over the Spurs. The Spurs have been trending down lately. They, yeah. It's been a rough go of it. Well, and they, they what, have, as expected. Though. Right. And they, they lost Derek White, yeah. what, last week. So that sucks. That's your third leading scorer. Their defense has finally taken that nosedive that I was expecting them to. Like, there, it was a team that last year finished 26th in defensive mm-hmm. efficiency, and yet in the first half of the season, they were top 10 defensive team, and you're like, what the is going on? Like, this is the exact same team as a year ago, and yet their defense now all of a sudden is one of the best in the league. So sure enough, that turns around. So I'm not, I'm ant- I'm somewhat anti-Pelican, right? Like, I've watched this team flail and flounder mm-hmm. and fail in spots that should be winnable and win in spots that were probably losses, like that should have been losses. You know, one of the ones that will never leave my mind is loving the Clippers like fresh out of the all-star break against them and them just destroying them and watching Zion do whatever he wanted. And I'm just like, what the, f- what is this? And that's what kind of makes them aggra- like aggravating, yeah. right? Like performances like that. So I can understand why you would want to. And the three out of four, I, it's tough to split the series. You wanted to take the both of them from Golden State because it's a team ahead of you in the play and it would have really helped mm-hmm. your case. But the Spurs are sliding, so that could help you out. And by the way, they both have the Spurs and the Pelicans. If you go over to remaining strength of schedule, the Spurs have the toughest schedule left yeah. as of Thursday in terms of strength of schedule. No, excuse me. As of Thursday, the second hardest schedule because the Houston has the hardest schedule left of six games left. The Pelicans, though, have the sixth hardest schedule left. And that's 76ers, Lakers, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Warriors game. And by the way, Tankathon includes the Hornets as an easy opponent. Mm-hmm. Screw you, Tankathon. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy opponent especially for a team like the, the Pelicans, but I don't think their algorithm really equates for like, you know, teams that are on similar levels. Regardless, I just haven't seen enough from them to like believe they'll put, they'll string games together. And what's interesting is a couple of things. One, their offense has like completely disappeared. Offensive ratings over the last five games, 104.9, 97. Minnesota, 116.8, good. And then 102.9, 103.7. They played the Warriors the other night, one of those two games. Steph Curry had more three-point makes than them. They can't shoot the ball whatsoever. And I don't know if you saw this because this just got reported. Their second best three-point shooter, Brandon Ingram, is going to miss at least one game with an ankle injury. 
That doesn't help. No, it doesn't. No. Well, but the Spurs could just stumble so much that you, you like. I'm not. This isn't meant to destroy you. I just. Oh no! I'm I not just passionate they, about yeah. the Pelicans. Just I'm just Pelicans looking at the standings. I'm oh. also just upset because they were my team like two weeks ago. That I was like, look out, Pelicans yeah. could do it. And then Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion all got injured. They went like one and four over five games, and then they never really got it back together. I thought, with Ingram being out, any games he's out, you have to look at Zion props over. Yeah, he gets. He just. They're not going to stick together, that team. That team is, I don't know what they were thinking when they strapped Van Gundy in there and just the structure of that team. I, really weird. R- really weird that probably nobody is going to be on that team in three years besides Zion. Maybe maybe even if, unless he like pulls a little, forces his way out of New Orleans. Because did you know New York's his second favorite place to play basketball? Have you heard this report? That was such a dumb, <laughs> I, that was weird. That was really weird. Really weird of him to say that. Yeah. Like how excited and giddy he got. Yeah, like. Chill out, Zion. I'm so glad you asked me. That's not a Zion voice. He's actually got a much nicer (laughs) voice than that, but... Chill out, Zion. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. But I just I think they could make a push, and that leads to my next question to you: Who do you think the most dangerous playing team is? Both sides of the bracket, just in general. Well, first one's easy: the Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards are like again. So this is it's funny. As much as I like the Nets, like Gil asked me the other day on on uh, primetime action, like what's your NBA Finals matchup right now? And I was like Clippers Nets, like. It, the Nets, to me, have like kind of solidly been my Eastern Conference representative. I picked mm-hmm. them in the NBA guide. I was validated by watching them throughout the regular season. Like when they reach their peak, they look absolutely untouchable from an offensive standpoint. And then the Clippers in the second half have arguably been the best team outside of the Suns. The Suns have gotten some really good wins, and the Suns continue to just be like a really solid train that won't stop along its path. 
But Clippers and Nets, but the point I'm making is what I find really interesting is as much as I have believed and been confident in the Nets, there's two teams that we talk about in the Eastern Conference that are outside of the top three that their path to make noise relies on the Nets being the number one seed because they match up well with them. And it's the Atlanta Hawks and it's the Washington Wizards. Like I remember the two games again. This, yeah. is, this is a team that beat Brooklyn twice as well. That ridiculous game where Russell Westbrook at the end steals an inbounds pass and then goes out Incredible. to the wing and shoots a three to win. Like they were fun games. That series would be so good. Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant, Wizards versus Nets. They'd be ridiculously high scoring. They'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, so like Eastern Conference, 100% is the Washington Wizards. We could throw the heat in there a little bit. They've kind of turned things yeah. around. I think what they're seven and three in the last 10 games. I have a ticket on them to win the Eastern Conference. I hope they do, but I just I, they haven't been consistent enough offensively. Like in the Western Conference, I mean, I think it's Memphis. That was my pick for the West. Yeah. I I love Memphis. Yeah. I love this team. I think so it's deep. probably Memphis. It depends on who they get to, right? Like if they finish eight, you're talking about. Well, either way, it's either going to be Utah or Phoenix. It just depends on how that all shakes out. But yeah, like Portland sucks defensively. Golden State. Is good defensively, but sucks offensively. Mm-hmm. San Antonio is San Antonio, and the Pelicans, I don't even think they're going to make it in. And if they do, they're one of the worst perimeter defenses in the league, and their offense can't shoot. So, I, yeah, I think it's got to be Memphis. Like, And I don't even think they make it out of the first round <laughs> if they get there. No, I think they could do a scrappy series, though, with Utah or uh, right. Phoenix, just because of how those teams are constructed. Right. Well, like well especially, I, I don't think they want to see Phoenix beat the sh- out of them like yeah. it, when they were playing in the regular season. I think Utah, especially if Utah is beat up, if Donovan Mitchell's not fully healthy, mm-hmm. if that hamstring's still bothering Mike Conley, then that's probably going to be yeah. something where we'd be surprised how tough that series is for the Jazz, you know? Yeah, and I, I think I, I'm so out on you. I've been out on Utah since I've been an NBA fan. I've just never liked them as a franchise well, for some like, reason. They're good, but it's like when you get to like the second round, this is the case I've always made. This is why I like, I like numbers, but you also like matchups. Tell me who's guarding Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, no Tell answer. me who is guarding LeBron James. You're going to put Bogdanovich on either one of those guys? <laughs> Right? You're going to put Royce O'Neal. So you either go with, you get size a little bit more, not really, mm-hmm. with Bogdanovich, but he's going to get blown by every time. Or you put Royce O'Neal on him, and it's like, yeah, but like, what's Royce O'Neal going to do? Yeah. Like, it's just, he's a good defender. He's a solid player. From a matchup perspective, he can't handle either one of those two players. Like, they have no big-bodied wing to handle the scoring wings that they're going to have to face in either Los Angeles team. So they're a good story, but I feel bad for him at this point. I don't think it's going to happen. And the injuries have been r- ridiculous. Yeah. Let me see. I think they're going to have an ugly exit. I, I don't. I don't think the series they lose. I don't think it's going to bode well. I don't think they're going to lose like a seven-game burner in the second round. I think they might get bounced in five in the second. I don't think it'll be that bad. They're a good team. You got to give them a little bit more. Like top five defensively, top five offensively. They shoot the crap out of the ball. It's just like I just don't know. Like for example, I think Phoenix beats them. I think Phoenix matches up really well with yeah. them. I think Chris Paul's just going to pick on Rudy Gobert the entire time, right? Yeah, just like that game. From a statistical yeah. standpoint, you know, it was something I brought up with humans when they were playing the other night, their last game of their series, when Utah got blown out by Phoenix. They're a team that plays 2021 basketball defensively, which means they'll allow you to take mid-range shots. Problem is, Phoenix takes some of the like most mid-range attempts of any team in the league and leads the team in mid- leads the league in mid-range shooting. So that doesn't work. We talked about the defensive issues in terms of nobody able to handle Kawhi or LeBron. There's just so many things that work against them. Like, so many specific, like, they're not even little mm-hmm. things, but so many specific things that work against them. Like, they would need a team like Denver to make a run. Yeah. And even then, 
Nico Jokic eats Rudy Gobert for lunch for the most part. So, like, what are you going to do? It sucks. Is Gobert your defensive player of the year? Dude. I've been meaning to, I think, I want to try to look at this one more time before the season is. This is the one market where I have yet to really dive into. Like, licking the finger and sticking it in the wind by, mm-hmm. like, reading NBA yeah. media and taking it in. I think Gobert is probably going to win it. Like, you have these nerds who try to make cases for Rudy Gobert as, like, an MVP candidate. You know what I mean? He's the most important jazz player. Like, I get it, but I don't know why that's, like, my my voice for everybody <laughs> I disagree with, but it is today. So I think he's probably going to win, but Ben Simmons is so disrespected, I think, it's in ridiculous. terms of where he is seen as a defender in the league. He is arguably, no, he is the best perimeter defender right yes. now in the NBA. You know, Kawhi's not fully healthy, and Kawhi, when he wants to, can turn it on. You can put Ben Simmons on anybody, and he would be able to adequately defend them. And I mean one through five, anybody. He's. I, I think there's no question that he's the best defender in the league because, to your point with the Chris Paul thing, with the Jokic thing, there are guys who neutralize Gobert's defense. Where it, it almost becomes a, like they can best him. Ben Simmons, there's no one out there who You're can You're not do playing that. Ben Simmons off the floor on defense. Exactly. You can play Rudy you, Gobert off the floor. That's why Gobert, minus 560, defensive player of the year, to win it. Yeah. That's why I just don't think he deserves to be defensive of the year. Especially, the, the, we had those, you know, they have MVP moments. Yeah. Ben Simmons had defensive player of the year moments this year, too, with the, the Dame defense, the Luka defense, the LeBron defense. I, it, he's plus 250 still. I, I think media... There's been a big turn against Ben Simmons. Coming out, it was, oh my gosh, this guy's Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And now it's this guy doesn't take it seriously. He doesn't train. He doesn't shoot better. And this year, it's been like, are you guys watching him? Yeah. He, I think he's incredible. He's slowly, he's probably my favorite player in the whole NBA to watch the things he does. And the defensive end of the ball, I, I don't think, like, probably since a young Kawhi, I don't think there's been a guy like this. Yeah. He's been really good, man. And, but the problem is, like, like, we're talking about betting. Yeah. Like, I want more than 250. Like, that's the thing. That's, uh, if you notice some of these futures, like if you have them in front of you, mm-hmm. like look at, for example, like uh, like most improved, right? So Randall's what right now? Minus 5,000. So, but what's the second choice? Uh, Jeremy Grant's 10 to 1. 10 to 1. All right. See, like that, you want, I think you want a little bit more than just 10 to 1 on a guy like a Jeremy Grant, right? How about that flip? Jeremy Grant at one point was minus $3. Dude, I had, this is my favorite. This is my, this is the peak of petty. I had one dude on Reddit, like trashing me. Because I like Reddit. I like Reddit a lot. And like I like to participate in conversations. I like to talk to people. Yeah. And I don't come from the standpoint of, I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, and I bet on this. No, it's just like, hey, what do you guys think about certain things? Yeah. And somebody was asking, put up a, like a topic in the sportsbook subreddit about like awards. And this was like when we first brought up Julius Randle. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I was like, I bet Julius Randle at 22 to 1. You know, I think he's got a really good path. And now he's about like 8 to 1, 9 to 1. And like this dude's like, you're an idiot. You're either just a deluded Knicks fan He's only increased his point-per-game average by two points a game. And I'm like, <laughs> there's more than just points per game. And the guy's like, I'll come back to this when he wins the award, being Jeremy Grant. Yeah. And you can eat some crow. I might have, three weeks ago, responded nice. to the thread and just been like, Julius Randle's minus 5,000. <laughs> no response, shockingly enough. You know who's my, like, as soon as it opens, getting the number if it's good for next year, for mm-hmm. most improved? Dort. Lugans Dort? Yeah. I don't know. I like to watch these guys first. Like, most improved is such a subjective thing. Like, Oh, yeah. But I just, he's become a darling of, like, media. He's yeah. like, he's immediate. People love Dort. They love Lou Dort. Zach Lowe has a Lou Dort license plate in his shot when he's on TV. They love Dort. And Dort has explosive games where he'll drop 42. 
he's a guy I'm looking right off the bat to get. It's get crazy, like his potential, his scoring potential at times. It's really weird. Yeah. He'll have games where he won't shoot, yeah, and then he'll drop forty two, and he's on probably the best contract. In the well, entire and like his NBA. contract, like his peaks and valleys in terms of his shooting, like that's where it comes yeah. from. Like it's it's insane. You go seven of nine one night, then like one for thirteen another. Like it's it's real. It's it's almost it's Anthony Edwards esque. Like Anthony Edwards has really evened out his game mm-hmm. in terms of his like efficiency. But yeah, Dort's like incredible in terms of how extreme his performances get. I can see it. He's going to have the narrative of the thing a little behind him, but I think you want to see like with with it being so like subjective. It's why you get Julius Randle in the midst of a really good season at twenty two to one. And when we were doing that, that was like in January, wasn't it? Was it? January. Yeah, it was yeah. late. Like it, it was, he was already like a lock to be all-star at 20 to one, which was as that was the most like egregious thing. He was going to be a first time all-star. He right. was 20 to one. That was ridiculous. Yep. So yeah, the, I, I would wait on that, but I can understand the total thinking behind it, that he is going to have the narrative behind him and yeah. he is in that range. What third year player, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, everything, all the boxes check really well. For you him. know what I would, I hope this, I, I, I brought this up a couple of times and I put a little money on him just in case I have this sinking feeling that my boy Randall is going to get sniped by Michael Porter Jr. Ooh, that'd be brutal. The weird thing, because people, obviously, Michael Porter Jr. has, like, and, like, the Nuggets have been really beat up. Yep. Porter Jr.'s come along really strong and pull up his numbers over the last month. So I can, he's got the narrative of, like, last year in the bubble, it was like, can he play with this team? Does he know how to, like, play in the NBA? And then beginning of the year, he was like, okay, he's filling his role. He's doing what needs to be done. And now it's like, oh, in Murray's absence, he's exploded to be this 24 points a night scorer. Like, you have the odds in front of you? Yeah, 20 to 1. 20 to 1? Yeah. yeah. So I got, I put a 20, I put a little bit on him at 25 to 1. Since. March 30th, Michael Porter Jr., 23.5 points per game, 56% shooting from the floor, 44% on seven three-point attempts per game, contributes 7.7 rebounds, and then, you know, the other ancillary stuff, one and a half assists, 1.1 blocks, and only one and a half turnovers. That's not bad. It's a really good line. And, but the, and the thing that sucks is we're talking about a 20-game sample size. Yeah. But we have seen pushes from guys with just late-season swings. Yeah. It would not surprise me if at the end of the year the media comes up with some arbitrary bullshit. I know I can't curse. Recency bias. No, it's not even that. It's like, well, is Julius Randle really most improved as a seventh-year player? Yeah. Something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I get what you're saying. Like, that, that has been kind of my worry when it comes to the award for the most part, but I still think Randle is going to win it. He, but just he in case. really should, but just in case. Mm-hmm. Chump change on Michael Porter Jr. to win it. That just was, remember that. Just remember this pod when it actually happens. That was one of the funniest adjustments I'd seen all year. Uh, on rush hour, Danny Burke plays props like every night. Mm-hmm. He was hammering overs on Michael Porter Jr. props when he started this run because they were fourteen and a half points, twelve and a half. They, yeah. they did not catch up to his points total, and it was just ridiculous. He's out there scoring twenty four a night. Like it's interesting to see his ceiling. Um, really quick, give me your top three MVPs. In order? Yeah, give me your three MVPs in order. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Okay, interesting. I, I, I just want to see if you had Harden on there. That He's was my still, curiosity. I, I mean, like, I just like, who's the number three? Like, I guess, like, do I use Chris Paul? Actually, that's not fair. Harden's missed too much time. Mm-hmm. I love James Harden, but... All right, I'm going to revise that. I will all go right. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler. Ooh, I like it. I respect it. Since he's been back, he's totally he saved their season. Jimmy Butler's freaking awesome, yeah, dude. He's been great, and they—I don't know where they would be without Jimmy Butler. 
in the lottery? Yeah, oh, it's it's pretty crazy, like how bad. Because I'm going to pull up these numbers so I can put like something behind what I'm talking about here. But he has made all the difference in the world. And remember, they went on that 11 and one run, right, right around yeah. the time when I was like, "Hey, Eastern Conference, like, check this team out." And he was a big part of that because they were god awful when he was dealing with COVID, and he had nothing going. Like they had nothing going offensively. Their defense had fallen off. Butler comes back. They're legitimately one of the best NBA teams defensively. And the games that he doesn't play, holy crap, how bad is that team? According to Cleaning the Glass, Jimmy Butler on the floor, plus 4.2 in terms of the net rating. Nothing crazy. Defensive rating, 108.1. But the contrast comes when you take him off the court from a plus 4.2 with Jimmy Butler on the floor every 100 possessions to a negative 5.7. Wow. You're talking about a, yeah. A 9.9 point difference between Jimmy Butler on and off the court in their net rating. That's insane. N- not gambling related at all. Very interesting to see what happens with Jimmy Butler in like the 20 years from now, how people remember him. Yeah. If he's remembered, right? He's, he's one of those weird good. guys. Especially this last push. Like the Minnesota Timberwolves have fallen apart, right? For the most part. Yeah. Like since, since he's he been gone, them, the Bulls have been garbage. A, yeah. It's like once he leaves, that team dips. He's a winner. He's an absolute winner. All right. I know you have to get ready for the nuts. So, really quickly, for anybody out there, like, rate, review, subscribe. Shorter edition this week. Uh, Next week, I have called it the Super Pod. Uh, Everybody who contributed to the NBA Guide have already reached out. Matt Humans, Kelly Bidlin, Aaron Renning, Mitch Moss, Jacob, myself. I don't think I'm missing anybody who contributed in terms of selections. No, that was was a committee. Yep, so we're going to revisit the committee who made selections in the guide, and we are going to get updated playoff selections from them. Right? Talk about that. Ooh, look at this. I got a personal update from Circus Sports. V-SIN. Check out the latest from V-SIN. Look at that. Uh, I got distracted. But that's going to be the pod, the playoff super pod. And I, I'm working on some other guests as well. They can mix in there too. Other basketball minds. But I want to put together like a really meaty episode because I'm going to be off next week. No peace. Like, no, mm-hmm. no hits. No nothing. So like, rate, review, subscribe. Always appreciate the support. And as always, at me, JVT, social media. You hear it in the stingers too, but questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is, always enjoy people reaching out. Next week, playoff Super Bowl. We're already there, dude. Like that's this so is the fast. exciting part. The postseason is here. I love the NBA regular season, but I've been counting the days since it's been on the horizon, and nothing is settled yet. That's the absolute greatest part. So next week, stay tuned. Super Bowl, like, rate, review, subscribe. Harvard handicap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. 
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.